I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. It's Room 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. Now, uh, we know all of the festivals have been pretty much put on the back burner, but festivals are known for when people get a little bit adventurous. They might get a little bit, uh, well, might be a little bit more risk-taking in their behaviour. And we all know that there are a lot of festivals where there would be a spike in drug use and drug te- uh, drug taking at these festivals, especially with a lot of younger people. But how in the name of God do you know how safe the street drugs are? Well, they're not safe at all, but just how dangerous can they be? There's one organisation in the UK that has kind of come to notoriety over the last number of years because they go about testing drugs at festivals and there's pillboxes set up. People can donate the drugs that they have in a completely open and none of those people won't be prosecuted. But the whole goal being to hopefully improve safety and reduce harm when it comes to uh, drug taking that unfortunately is well I'll say unfortunately but is a part of everyday life and especially around festival seasons especially around the summer joining us now from the loop the organization that runs this and we are the loop.org for more information about that Tiernan Cochran Tiernan thanks very much for joining us on the show how are you I am great thanks thanks for having me I suppose a big, broad question. Uh, why was the loop set up in the first place? Yeah, that's a very good question. I mean, so I would say in the UK especially, we have, uh, I guess, a, a very distinct drug use kind of culture, you could say. You know, yeah. binge drinking and that sort of thing. And that requires quite a specific approach. So, you know, there has been um, drug testing organizations, harm reduction organizations, you know, running in the Netherlands, for instance, for 25 mm-hmm. years that have been very successful. Um, but there haven't been anything really nearly that big in the UK. So in 2013, the Loop was founded um, to address that. And at first it started as back-of-house testing, what we call, which is so one of the co-founders, Professor Fiona Meesham, uh, would go to um, such as the warehouse project and would test samples at the back of the house, essentially. <laughs> so she would take samples in from the service and then test them and get data on what these drugs actually were and then could relay them to healthcare professionals, paramedics, that sort of thing, and also to the police and the facility. And that gives you an idea of what actually people are taking. Yeah, I think that's the problem, isn't it? I don't know about you, Cormac, but when I was kind of a teenager, early 20s, it wasn't really as big, I don't think, as it is now. Drink was the big thing. And I always find, I know it's no safer than taking a drug, but or it is a drug in itself, but you can control mm. that. You're not, you know, you can stop drinking at some point. Whereas when you take a tablet, you don't know what's in it and... Anything could happen and it could be full of absolute garbage for all you know. Um, so how many times have you found that when you do test a drug, 
it comes back full of something that should not have been in it. So that can vary. One of the differences, again, in the UK that we've seen more recently, um, around 2008, one of the biggest problems with MDMA pills uh, was that they were actually, you know, not very strong and sometimes had adulterants. But recently, more recently in the UK, what we've seen is actually that pills are getting much stronger. Um, and that, that it's very hard to say which pill, you know, you might take a pill that looks visually similar to one you've taken before, but it, it could be double, you know, triple the strength. And that is a really big issue that we've been, you know, addressing. What I was just going to ask you is, there has been talks here, I think late last year, and I don't know how much further it's gone, to kind of help the Irish government and organisations introduce drug testing and festivals over here. Because, you know, we share fairly similar cultures, Ireland and the UK, yeah. and, and there needs to be laws obviously changed around that to allow that to to, to kind of happen. But w- when you say in the Netherlands, these drug testings um, at festivals have been successful and you've seen the success yourself, how, you know, how do you quantify and, you know, you, you know, if you're trying to convince, let's say, the Irish government, for example, mm. that this is something that they should actually actively seek to do, how do you, um, you know, convince them what is successful in, in your eyes? That's a really good question. It's one of the things we, we've been looking at. So maybe I'll go through quickly the process of, of how, yeah. I, how service users actually deliver um, their drugs to the service. Um, so first of all, they would come to, let's say, if it was at a festival, it might be a tent that we've set up. Um, and we obviously work with the, the stakeholders of the festival organizers and the local police to set up an area that is an amnesty site, essentially. So users won't be afraid that they'll be arrested in that particular area so that we can do what we do. So a user would essentially submit a small sample um, of the substance that they brought along. Um, and that might be if it's a pill, so they might scrape off a little bit of it, and if it's a powder, they might uh, scoop out a little bit. And we then take that and we give them um, a code that they can essentially come back and get the results. And it, all through this process, we monitor, you know, how many drugs are coming in, what different aspects, um, and we're constantly relaying that live to, to the festival and to the, the police. Um, and that's one of the reasons that they really appreciate the work that we do, because it's not something they can really get, you know, live updates at a festival of what drugs are actually going around. And obviously, that's a benefit that we can also give to the service users, is we then go through, so the sample goes to the lab, um, it then gets tested, and we use quite a wide range of testing methods. Unfortunately, in a festival site, we are limited in what we can, you know, bring. I mean, walking through kind of muddy weather often, you know, so we use um, a technique called Fourier Transform Infrared uh, Spectroscopy, which is, is a quite a small machine, and it lets us get a, essentially a barcode or a fingerprint of what the drug is that we can compare to a database that we have. So again, we're comparing it with a huge database of, of existing known drugs, and we can tell with you know quite high accuracy what that might be. And then we can also put out alerts warning people of certain pills that we have detected to be high strength or that might not be what it's sold as. Have you got much backlash over this? Because obviously a lot of these drugs are illegal. So if you guys are rocking up and testing the drug to make sure that they're kind of safe to take, that there's nothing dangerous in it, is it encouraging people then to go ahead and and take the drug? So the message that we, we tell people is that, you know, drugs aren't safe. You know, no drug is safe. And we really, you know, hammer home that point. But the fact of the matter is that people are still going to take drugs and it's better that they come to us so that we can, um, after they actually get their drugs back um, and we can tell them what it is, um, they'll have a 10 to 15 minute talk with a healthcare professional. Um, So we have doctors, nurses and uh, substance use workers and then they can, um, you know, tell these people, look, uh, this pill, for instance, is very strong. If you are going to take it, be aware that it's very dangerous, but 
if you are still going to take it, you should take less. Um, and these are the sort of things that we can actionably, you know, improve people's, you know, stop them from going to hospital or ending up in A&E. I think, it, I don't know how many years ago it was, but you've just been reminded now of, of something that happened at one of the festivals over here where I think a couple of people died because of a very toxic batch of MDMA tablets that were going around to the point where a few people had died, a lot of people had gotten incredibly ill, and I think there was nearly a notice at every stage where the guards just came out and said, just dump your drugs because we don't want mm. any more fatalities or deaths. And it was like that. There was a period of, for the weekend, the guards would just turn a blind eye and you could hand your drugs in and you could just get rid of them and, and, and nothing's going to happen because of that. But I suppose what, what that's yeah. missing out on is the, the research and maybe some of the science and maybe some of the more of the, the help and support that, that, you can, uh, that you can put in. So I, I yeah. imagine then it's, it's, it has helped possibly save lives and it has helped reduce the damage that the fatal damage to drugs would be, could be doing at festivals and at different events and venues around, at least in the UK. Mm. One of the additional things is that if, if people, when we inform them that it might not be the drug that they expect, I think something like uh, 40% of people um, will take, firstly, a small amount of substance after they find out what it is. So we might, you know, we'll, we'll tell them what it is and then uh, we'll ask them now or after this intervention, because it's important to say that 9 out of 10 people that we talk to uh, in these conversations um, haven't actually spoken to a health professional before about their drug use. So this is really the first time that they've spoken to someone, you know, about how much they take, maybe if they're, they're mixing with other drugs and we can, you know, inform them about the risks of that. But additionally, one in five people actually ask us to dispose of their drugs when they find out what's in them. So we've had, you know, MDMA, well, what was sold as MDMA actually being, you know, concrete. And there's also a, a harmful substance uh, called N-ethylpentalone, um, which can it can be as active for 36 hours uh, and really uh, stop people, you know, uh, sleeping, which can cause a lot of issues down the line. But yeah, so that's what we tell, um, you know, the police. And that's what they know is that we're actually taking drugs out of circulation through the testing process because we don't give them back to the users. Um, they're disposed of by the police. Yeah, it'd be, a little bit, uh, it'd be a little bit unethical if you then, you know, you're going reselling the drugs back to your user base, <laughs> kind of funding yourself that way, kind of going, here we go. And no, I think, like, it, there's always the question of, you know, prohibition. Why not just come out and, and clamp down harder on drugs and make tougher laws and tougher sentences mm. for people who are caught with drugs? So what would be, you know, your position on, on that approach, which some maybe more old school, traditional conservative types would be increased the punishment and harsher bans and harsher policing? Yeah. So, the, you know, the UK conservative position has been essentially uh, drugs are illegal. You shouldn't do them. And, if, you know, if, if something bad happens to you, that's your fault. But the, the fact of the matter is, you know, um, if someone is, is, is ill, we don't say, oh, you took a drug, uh, therefore we're not going to treat you. Um, we, you know, if they end up ill and, they, you know, we still take them to any and we treat them. However, what if we can, you know, go a step further and actually prevent that from happening? And I think that's really the important uh, harm reduction message we want to bring along. Is there any drug in particular that you found has caused most kind of problems? I mean, honestly, I think if you, if you had to say one, it would actually be the drugs that people take most frequently. And it would be, for instance, MDMA, which in very high doses, you know, can, can be very uncomfortable for people and can sometimes cause very adverse effects. And then there's obviously cocaine. Uh, and like you said earlier, alcohol, which is really can be really quite harmful in and of itself, but also especially when mixed with other substances. So it wouldn't necessarily be these very obscure ones which can be very dangerous and is often the one that people think about but really it's 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 the most common ones that you tend to see the most people having issues with yeah i think we've 
Well, they're illegal, so don't go doing drugs. You're going mm. to go get pregnant and die. We have to, again, obviously, <laughs> uh, mention that. But um, you can check out more of the information. There's a ton of really good information on uh, wearethaloop.org. If any government ministers are looking, I know there's apparently a working group looking at introducing it here in Irish uh, festivals. Obviously not this year, but maybe next year and the year after. Maybe you can check out what they're doing because it seems to have been implemented fairly well with um, good information and support and harm reduction put in place. And also drugs.ie for the Irish website if you want any information there as well. But uh, Tiernan Coughlin, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure and an eye-opener. Fingers crossed there might be something similar because it sounds like it could you know, help save a lot of uh, lives and reduce a lot of harm over here so fingers crossed there'll be something like the loop in, in Ireland yeah. this year or next year or the year after but it's been a pleasure keep up the good work really we'll chat so. you again soon thanks come back and fishing here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.